everybody, and welcome to a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name's Donna. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I haven't talked to you in like seven years, it feels like. Yeah, it does uh, feel like that. Oh yeah, because we had it? some pre-recorded episodes, so I haven't we seen did. Donna in seven months. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like two weeks, a week and a half, but yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels like it though. Yeah, it mm. does. How's, how's life? How are you doing? What's um, going on? So I started my new job, and yeah. it is overwhelming as all get out. Um, I'm an IT manager at a bank, and I have to tell you right now that I've never been in a manager position before in my life. I've managed drag queens, I've managed events, I've managed weddings, I've managed a lot of different things other than being a manager at a job, having to be responsible to a degree for multiple people for eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because drag queens, I only have to monitor them for like, you know, two hours, and then it's done for a month. So, on top of starting your new job, you also have a very full Pride calendar for events. Uh, Yeah, me and Donna are actually going to be performing at Milwaukee Pride Main Stage. Oh, we're so excited about that. That's going to be really cool. That's actually, this episode will be released before then, I believe, and that's June 4th. From 10 to noon. 10 to noon, yes. So, super... Early. Yeah. <laughs> I love getting into drag at 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's going to be such a party. And, um, of course, it's family friendly. So, of course, bring your family out. Yeah. Like, um, we're going to do some fun numbers for you all that we haven't necessarily talked about yet. But it is a really cool opportunity. And we're getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in the first couple of episodes of this podcast, we were always talking about how they don't pay drag artists and whatever. But I feel like the times are changing. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's due in part to a lot of entertainers like yourself and Flawless Shade and just different people really advocating for people to get paid in this community. And that's, that's important, you know, like entertainers deserve it. Like you're out here during a pandemic and, um, you know, doing what you know how to do best. Like there's a lot of entertainers in Portland too, that are, are full-time entertainers. And although some may like stick their nose up at that and say that that's not a smart thing to do, it is something that people do to get by and for some people like that's their biggest skill set is entertaining and being on a stage you know yeah and also like why do you have to feel miserable and unhappy to make money oh gosh right <laughs> <laughs> like you're not suffering like i am under the boot of capitalism <laughs> how dare you <laughs> i know it's, it's so bad it's me and donna talk about capitalism a lot on here um well because we're in like post we're in like the <laughs> last stages of capitalism right now yeah and it, oh <laughs> actually go listen to our last episode actually two episodes ago listeners um yeah. because we do kind of deconstruct capitalism in a really fun and interesting way yeah um, and it's kind of gonna be an ongoing thing for me as a leftist so if you don't yeah. like that then i guess you could just like close your ears for the parts that i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> or as I say, you know, close your eyes because this is a recording. <laughs> no, it's a recording <laughs> instead of a filming. Coco's like always saying like, we're going to go film the podcast. I'm like, Coco, this is an auditory format. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right, viewers. Um, <laughs> no, you do say listeners a lot of the time. I do. But, I try to say yeah. listeners when we're actually recording, but um, we do have, um, actually, no, before we talk about our announcement, um, Donna, what are you wearing this eve night? Well, you know, those wig heads. Yeah. Yeah. I just have like, 
I have uh, two on my shoulders, so then I'm like a three-headed monster. Oh, gosh. Um, and uh, it's like uh, Ornatia, but just like uh, kind of like the the dog, the hellhound that, that uh, guards the underworld, but a drag version of that. Cool. Cerebus, right? Yeah, I can definitely <laughs> see it. I see it. Um, <laughs> what about you? Um, so I just finished watching Moon Knight uh, last week. And so oh, I haven't dressed... watched the finale yet. Oh, so good. So I'm dressed in a feminine rendition um, of Moon Knight. Um, the suit or the wraps? The wraps. Okay. Not that the suit is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but the wraps, definitely. And so I just, like, I'm feeling my fantasy in this white, like, musty-looking cape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is chic. <laughs> yeah, we're both just, like, very death-themed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, um, keep in mind, so our small announcement is that on June 2nd, I believe, we will be doing our next rendition of a Gem of a Secret podcast live. Yes! With a special guest. Yes. The Painted with Raven Season 1 star, Flawless Shade. Yes, Flawless.Shade on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're so excited about that. Like, we, um, she is a long-term listener of the podcast, and she was super excited to do it. And I was actually waiting to ask her until we got this live show up on Off the Ground. And it, it does start out a large Pride Month for us. Um, and then, of course, two days after that, um, we'll be having our Milwaukee Pride yeah. Show. So, listeners, if you want to come out in Milwaukee, Oregon, to come watch us and tip us and all that other stuff, yeah, come out. That'll be so exciting. Tell us how pretty we are. Yeah, tell us how pretty we are. And then when we fall on stage, specifically me, because I'm old now, be like, ooh, she fell so gracefully. And me, because I only wear heels, like, once a month, if that, anymore. Yeah, and she still wears the tallest heels I've ever And I still seen. walk on my toes around the house. I did. But... I saw her. She was coming up from the laundry room. I was like, Donna, get off your toes. The thing is, like, <laughs> no matter how much I walk on my toes, it's never going to be as high as some of the heels that I have. Mm. So my feet are still going to hurt. Yeah. You know? Like, when I'm walking on my toes, I'm, like, giving myself, like, a solid little biscuit basket heel <laughs> when I'm walking <laughs> on my toes, you know? So, like, that's the height that I'm used to. But I don't walk on my toes stiletto style. Mm. Maybe I should start. I, yeah, that sounds fun. If you're lounging around the house and just on your big toe around the house doing vacuuming. I'm, I'll just like do some, you know, ballerina twirls and get on point at some point while I'm walking through the house. And she's smoking that reefer and pouring some cereal. So yeah. I'm all out of cereal. It's going to be more like burritos. Oh, I thought you were going to be it's more like milk. No. Well, inflation, you know, <laughs> you can only afford half the items that I used to get. Oh, the funny thing is, I never asked you this. What is your favorite cereal? Life. Cinnamon Life. Oh, I thought you, I thought there was like a joke coming <laughs> about like, what's your favorite cereal? Life. And then like no. some hippie crap that you were going to say right now. You know, just really cereal of life, you know, I'm really into that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wait life yeah wow. cinnamon life cinnamon oh cinnamon life, life. yeah but regular life that's for serial Re- killers yeah regular life is boring but <laughs> so many analogies here <laughs> yeah no i like cinnamon life the best and if i'm not having cinnamon life then i also really like honey nut cheerios like that's kind of boring those are good they're good no yeah. those are good regular yeah. cheerios are also Gross. for serial killers yeah yeah no why <laughs> who wants bland who wants hard cardboard their life <laughs> 
Um, mine is, um, which I realized was not really a cereal, and they actually marketed it as being healthy. But I like Wheaties, but frosted mini Wheaties. Oh, those are good. Which, yeah. By the end of it, it's just your milk is just sugar. Soggy and like, yeah, when the Wheaties get all soggy too, oh, like yeah. if you leave them in there too actually, long. Actually, the funny thing is I like them right before they're at that soggy same, level. Same. Like you're like, mm, this is delicious with my sugar Don't you wheat. love when you get one that is like super frosted too? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you is, just, mm-hmm. the sugar and like the, yeah. Yeah, and then less it, then like when your mom would call you and then you couldn't finish it and you'd come back later and then all of it is like wet, soggy nonsense. Oh yeah, and that's not fun. Yeah, it's like going swimming in jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, so, yeah, this was a, a really impactful intro to this. It really was. Show. Very topical. Very... I, you learned some things about us. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, before we get to our break, we should probably talk about current events in one specific aspect. I don't know all the details yet, but obviously this morning, because we are filming this on May 24th, uh, there was another mass shooting uh, near an elementary school, and that is horrific and horrible. And then, of course, the divisive language is already coming out about people. Uh, and also, like, all of you probably know it by now, but, like, 14 are, have been announced dead, and some of them are children, which is yeah. horribly sad. Uh, but the divisive language has already started on the Internet, and people are blaming, like, gun control and all that other stuff. Like, it happened very quickly mm-hmm. this time. It was like people weren't even, like... There were, like, no thoughts and prayers just arguing, which was heartbreaking to see on the internet. Yeah. Um, I, I think people are tired of it happening over and over again and nothing being done about it. Um, that kind of seems to be the case with a lot of the issues that are happening in our country. Um, I think that there's actually, and this is just my hypothesis, because it came on the tail end of, like, like white supremacy shootings, mass mm-hmm. shootings that I think people were, like, people, like, piggyback off of emotions. Yeah. So when this happened, I think people were still just mad. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't get to a place of compassion faster. I think that's actually, I think it was a burnout. They're trying to, like, point fingers. Yeah. And, yeah, and cause, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It was, like, immediately, like, aggressive discourse happening. Yeah, it really online. was. And I I was on TikTok, and all, all there was were debates between leftists and conservatives yeah. going on, and um, or even, you know, just liberals and conservatives. But um, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know much about it either. I know that there were quite a few, there were more kids that died than adults in the oh, shooting. Oh, I did not know so, that. That is really yeah. heartbreaking. And I think, I don't think it just happened near, I think it was like at the school that it happened. Yeah, I think, well, um, yeah, it sounded like it started outside and it might have ventured inside, but yeah. when I was looking at it online, it was like probably like 12, 12 minutes of reporting at that point and there wasn't yeah. a lot of information. So obviously by the time this episode comes out, there will be a lot more information and facts and whatever. So yeah, just y'all, will know, y'all will know a lot more than we do currently. Um, we're just trying to kind of unpack things as they happen. So, um, but yeah, more kids died than adults in this shooting. And this is also, you know, 10 years after Sandy Hook where... Oh, yeah, people were bringing that up too. Yeah, so... What would you say... I have a question. What would you say would you find to be the um, how to solve mass shootings? Well, it's certainly not to arm teachers with guns. Um, Ugh, that's as, as people like to try and bring up, especially on the right. Um, 
I think we I I think we need stricter gun control. I am someone and here's the thing, conservatives, I, I don't think any of you listen to this. Um and if you do, thank you. Um Thank you for your uh <laughs> patronage. Yeah, but um I I'm someone who shoots guns. I have shot guns in the past. I have, you know, gone out on a shooting range and it's something that I en- enjoy doing. Same. Um but I I think we need stricter gun control laws. We do. Um I I think we um, have seen this happen so many times and it's affected so many different communities. I mean, we had like the, the Pulse massacre happen was, it was a big thing that happened with the LGBTQ community. Um, and we see it happen far too often in schools and it's been a thing ever since Columbine happened. Yeah. And ever since that happened, our lives, especially as middle school and high school students, we never knew what it was like to not have regular lockdowns in school. Just, Mm. just Mm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, just uh, drills too, you know, like that was something that was commonplace for us growing up were to have those types of lockdowns because it's been such a big, um, thing that's happened in our society. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I think stricter, stricter gun control laws. I think we also, you know, just really need to make sure that we're smart about not arming citizens who have, uh, just out to go like cause um problems and like die on the scene like a lot of the times these people's mission is to like go out guns guns blazing um and so their mission is to like have it be this big murder suicide type of event right and um yeah i think that includes having stricter background checks for people um very extensive background checks for people yeah um yeah um do you think um, it's ableist to somebody to pass like a mental health screening to own um, a firearm? I, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. And we live in Portland, so it's even more loaded. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think it's necessary. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I think it's, I think it's necessary. Um, yeah. And, I don't know. And I like to say that I agree with Donna and the, the way I'll throw my caveat on there is um, in a non-broken system, a screening for a mental wellness when it comes to owning a firearm. Because, you know, people would be like, no, because, you know, like they would abuse it and make it to where like POC people were deemed unfit, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm talking about in a good, well-vetted system that didn't look at bias, which is really hard to do, that I think a mental wellness check would would help a lot um, in these cases. I also agree with Donna in the sense of, I'm answering all the other que- the questions as well. Um, I also agree with Donna that we shouldn't arm teachers. I've been in high intense situations working at a bar downtown where I was around firearms a lot. Yeah. Um, from the scary side. Uh, like I was, um, you know, I witnessed like drive by shootings and like all these other things. And, um, I can tell you that my fight or flight response is very flight and then also kind of frozen. Yeah. Like arming me if I was a teacher, like even if I was well-trained would not help nobody's nobody. Yeah. Like, um, I'd more than likely, and I, and I started shaking a lot of the times too. So I would probably end up just like shooting a kid or something like that. But like, honestly, cause I know myself, like I've been involved in the situations now I'm in my thirties 
it's actually terrifying to think about. And then so the other thing, too, is I think that um, uh, obviously I believe in banning like assault rifles and all that other stuff and automatic mm-hmm. um, weapons in that sense. But I I don't have a good solution. I like to ask people what they think, but I really don't have a good solution to solving uh, the mass shooting problem that is happening way too frequently. And it is. If we all can't agree that it's super horrible that, you know, kids lost their lives. Um, and we don't even know the at the time of filming uh, filming this, <laughs> recording this, we don't actually know the answer yeah. about why it happened. So, yeah. Um, to move it back upbeat, we actually have a special guest coming on after our break where we're going to ask some of the questions that we asked in this first half. But it's going to be a little bit more about all, all of us are transplants to the Portland area. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. So I guess with that, Donna, uh, how are you doing this evening? I'll let you know after this brief break. Drag Danger Zone is a monthly showcase featuring new and established performers every month, every fourth Thursday at Mississippi Pizza, located at 3552 North Mississippi Avenue. This fun cabaret variety show is hosted by Marla Darling, Valerie DeVille, and DJ Awara. For ticket info, find us on Instagram at Drag Danger Zone PDX or Facebook at Drag Danger Zone. And get into the zone. The Drag Danger Zone, that is. Hey, are you kind of sick and tired of going downtown to watch quality drag shows? We're bringing you a specialty drag show to your neighborhood bar at the Montevilla Saloon. It is every last Sunday of the month at 7 o'clock p.m. So you can see downtown drag just in your backyard. Located at 8012 Northeast Gleason Street. Once again, that's 8012 Northeast Gleason Street. Be on the lookout for more information. It's a podcast with Coco and Donatella Podcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast with Coco and Donatella podcast. Well, Coco, I am feeling like I just had an organ transplant because we're going to talk about being transplants. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know how else to tie in that this part of the episode is going to be us talking about transplants. So there we go. I don't know. (laughs) Should have given her more time to think. I, yeah, that was completely on the fly and I apologize. (laughs) Apologizing to our listeners. Yeah, apologize to our listeners. Um, Yeah, so our special guest is Garrett. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Garrett. How are you today? Hi, Garrett. I think that, that was pretty clever, the organ Don't transplant. Don't give her that. I'm just saying. <laughs> An organ transplant? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, don't we have that soundboard? Uh, the, oh, wait. There, there's a sound. Oh, here we go. Um, I think here to... Uh, there we go. No, not that <laughs> one. Not, not this. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> oh, the timing was great. Yeah, <laughs> we, need to, we just need to be more on top of it next time I have a singer like that. <laughs> Such a great singer. That was. Um, so, Garrett, when did you move to Oregon? Uh, I actually moved down here on New Year's Eve. That's when I actually physically got down here. That's crazy. You have such big life moments happening when it comes to like special things like New Year's Eve, being bored on Valentine's Day. 
Yeah, there's that and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Garrett's life is oh. a mess. <laughs> New Year's Eve is also my younger brother's birthday. So, there's that too. I feel like being friends with you is dangerous, actually. <laughs> I moved here on a special day, too. I moved here on a birthday. What On my birthday, what about you, Coco? When did you move here? It was like what a random day. <laughs> oh, the weekend. It was I National moved... Hot Dog Day. No, <laughs> the weekend I moved here was a Proud Boys rally. I actually say oh. it in my stand-up, yeah. so I feel like that was iconic for me. It's it's definitely uh, memorable. Yes, it, it definitely was. <laughs> and it was fresh off of filming Camp One at Kiki. So I, I guess was. That's, that is special. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just got back from camp, and then three weeks later, I was moving here. It was rough. Uh, um, yes, listen to our last episode. We interviewed um, one of the campers from season three of Camp Wanakiki. Yes. Um, so, uh, let's get into it, Garrett. What do you think about Portland? I love Portland. I, so I moved here from Alaska, from Juneau, Alaska, and up there there's absolutely nothing to do unless you want to hike in the rain and mud straight up a cliff, or fish or wow. go out on a boat and i don't need, i don't like water i don't like fish and i don't like being out in the mud so it really wasn't the place for me <laughs> um so coming down here uh i came down to visit in october last year and mm-hmm. i was here for a week and it was amazing like it's i had so much place. fun and realized that there's so much more life here than there was back in Alaska and I took the opportunity uh to put in a transfer for work to come down here and everything fell into place super quickly and I ended up moving down here on New Year's Eve. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a really um that's a big life step especially coming from Alaska to here but you've done this in the past because you moved from Alaska to Colorado when you were going to school or somewhere. Why the hell were you in Grand Junction? <laughs> uh, I was supposed to be going to school. <laughs> I was enrolled in school. I don't know if I was going. But um, I was back and forth between Colorado and Alaska a lot. Uh, originally being born in Colorado and then moving to Alaska in 2010. And then after graduating in 2012 moving back to Colorado for college at Colorado Mesa University. Actually, it was still Mesa State back then. Um, I was there for about three months before I had to go back to Alaska. And I was up there until, I think it was 2015 that I moved back to Colorado and tried to go to school again. And, yep, life choices brought me back to Alaska. (laughs) where I ended up uh, starting a career and trying to do better, be better, but I just got bored when I realized that I can still do better and be better somewhere that I can be free to be me and be happy and have fun. So that's why I came back down south to Portland. Down south is what they say up in Alaska. <laughs> anything, everything is down south. Yeah, anything Alaska. in the continental U.S. is considered down south. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's a lot of moving, just in general. Um, Location-wise, yes. Uh, I've also moved probably, I think my count is up to 43 times in my life. 
Dude, between different damn. houses. Stay in one place for a little while. Uh, the longest I've lived in one place is four years. Really? And that was uh, my last apartment in Alaska. Damn. Four wow. years. Other than that, it's two years or less in every spot that I've lived. Wow. Yeah. I'm a nomad, but I only lived in like four different places. <laughs> uh, Garrett, we're going to go to the end of the story. So Garrett recently tried to move away from Portland. Um, and then I yelled at him aggressively <laughs> about that decision um, because I think that his journey is just starting here to figure out who he is without the support of his family. Yes, and that was much, much needed. Uh, I got in the mindset that I could run to the safety net of my family. And through talking with you and Autumn, I realized that that's that wouldn't have been the best choice for me. Uh, yes, I would be with my family, but I would go back to a place that I don't belong. Right. And it would have, it would have eaten me up inside the longer I stayed there. So you helping me make the decision to stay in Portland where I chose to be in the first place and where I wanted to be and where I feel good being was a wake up call that I definitely needed. Definitely. And it's, it, not only came from you two, like you, you two gave me the hard wake up calls, like the mm -hmm. non-physical slap, but, uh, everyone was like, the, you shouldn't leave just because of certain events that have been happening this lately. Got hard. Ooh, yes, it did. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's still continuously getting harder and harder. Every day there's something, but every week you have something just real scary happening in your life. I do, I do, and I don't understand why. But like you said, like I said, you just gotta face it. Like you said, you can't run from it. You gotta face it and just deal with it as it comes. I've been trying to teach myself that I don't have to handle all of this at the same time. Like I can pick and choose which small battles to complete and to win and be successful at that I can. And once I am able to free myself from those difficulties that I have the availability within myself to actually take on something bigger. So I'm trying to just take it day by day, even if I can only focus on what's happening tomorrow. Um, that is the pace that I have set for myself. That's as far as I can go. That's what I can do. I will figure it out one day at a time. Wow. And if it makes you feel any better, society is completely crumbling around you while this all happens. So, you know. <laughs> I feel like it's my fault. <laughs> I feel like it's my fault. Oh, God. Yes, I was the... I was the keystone, and now everything else is falling apart around me. Yeah. I Everyone. Mean, kinda. I mean... <laughs> The reality situation, too, is, like, you have a lot on your plate, and the decisions that you make from this point are really going to define who you are for the rest of your life in a lot of different ways, because, like, struggles and oppression and heartache can, like, will show you who you are. There hasn't necessarily been a... Actually, I had had a point where, like, a lot of the online cancellation was getting really bad when I had, like, thought maybe I should move away from Portland. But I realize that those are all outside factors and I can control those things if I just take it one day at a time. And like, and now I sit into a place where, like Donna mentioned the earlier part of the episode, where I thought after like I went through all my cancellation, I'd never really perform in the city anymore. And now I have like 
gigs out the wazoo for pride and people in my inbox consistently like wanting to see me entertain and i i realized that like if i would have let the haters get me down like i wouldn't have the pride month i'm gonna have coming up and it means a lot to me because when we first moved here it was i it was like three weeks before pride and then COVID for two years so i had no pride gigs except for like one when mm -hmm. i first moved here and um i remember telling donna I was at Catch a Rising Star, like, the first, like, couple weeks I moved here, and I made, like, $3 when I had just came from Junction, where our shows were making roughly a little bit over $100 in tips per show, and now that's kind of, like, my custom here is to making, like, over $100 in tips per show, and, like, good booking fees sometimes, and, like, it's just, if I would have just, like, threw in the towel, then I wouldn't have the success that I have today, and so, basically what I'm trying to say is it gets better, just one day at a time yeah it's it's definitely i think that the the reason why i was so quick to jump to running to my family was just the amount of craziness that happened to me in the short amount of time that it has happened yeah um, yeah was so overwhelming so overwhelming like i've I've dealt with a lot of overwhelming things in my life, but they haven't all happened back to back to back like they have since moving here. And none of it's because I moved here. Like it's not it's not Portland's fault that this has happened. So that's also something that I had to remind myself of. These things happened because they happened, not because of where I am. And so changing locations because of that wasn't wasn't the right answer to fix anything because mm -hmm. it would not have fixed anything i had to realize that it, it was still it would still follow me wherever i decided to run away to yeah so yeah i think also that since it is happening to you while you're more independent and kind of in this new like space it's giving you the opportunity to grow even more and that's something that has been my story since I've moved here as well. You know, in the last mm -hmm. three years, I feel like m me as a person, I, I am miles away from the person I was when I met you. And even from, you know, the person I was when we were living in Colorado, I, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of re revelations about myself. And I think this will give you the opportunity to do the same. You'll have some more opportunity to get to know yourself a bit more and kind of figure out what works best for you. Um, yeah, and I, that's that's something that I look forward to and that yeah. I had to realize for myself that going back home to family in Colorado would not allow me to progress yeah. in ways that I need to or that I want to. Same. So, yeah. Very much same. I did think about, like, how easy life was in Grand Junction for me in the sense of like in, for the things I wanted to do but I feel like without adversity it wouldn't I wasn't appreciating all the things I got to do at the level that I get to do them here like I have to work really hard for each and every opportunity I get here and that does mean a lot to me I don't want the easy way out but the other thing is there are certain things that I did want to be easy and I didn't want to have like incessant racism and crap like that constantly thrown in my face like, it is nice to have those things being easier, but still working hard for the things I want in life. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll get to why so Garrett is going through all these things, so it's not like this ambiguous Facebook post, <laughs> but um, we're going to just spice it up a little bit. 
Um, Garrett, um, you told me a long time you wanted to make an amends to Donna for breaking up with her on her birthday. I think we should do that on the podcast right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yep. We're both put on the spot there, right? Oh, well. <laughs> Too bad we this isn't alive. <laughs> take Donna's gonna be like, I'm cutting this whole part out. <laughs> no, uh, I did say that, um, especially recently with the the life changes that I've been experiencing um, has really opened my eyes to how shitty people can be in relationships, especially relationships that are ending and afterwards. And I, I have realized how thankful I am for you, Donna and how grateful I am for your forgiveness. Um, as well as you, Coco, and Adam, because I did. I was very shitty in Grand Junction. I was very um, messy. And like I mentioned earlier, those poor life choices did end me up back in Alaska. Um, I was... I feel like very immature i had this idea of like who i was and it was not correct and i had this excitement of freedom and things and i just ended up hurting so many people but the thing that i have not been able to get past was how much i hurt you because that was something that uh you absolutely did not deserve and to be where I am now, to be able to sit across the table from you right now, um, speaks so highly on you. And I just, I really, really appreciate the chances that you've given me to hopefully redeem my character with you, because that's... Yeah, I don't, like you said, you've changed so much since you met me, and I hope that you see that I have as well, because I don't ever want to be that child that I was yeah. back then. <clears throat> well, um, thank you. That mean, no, that does mean a lot, and um, I've never, like, I have nothing but love for you, honestly. And even, even since then, like, it's something that, like, even though it's something that in the moment like really hurt me and I've probably like held on to it like kind of in the back of my mind as like a little bit of a grudge because of the timing of it Damn. and like how things happened. Um, I have always known that at, at your core you're a good person and you're one of the very few people that I know that I've been involved with that um, I still really strongly feel that way about and even afterward felt that way about so... Um, thank you for that, and, um, I can say that I was also an absolute fucking mess at the time as well, Ooh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, you know, like, it, it, it took years of making, like, constantly the same mistakes over and over again mm. to finally get where I'm at today, where I'm not drinking anymore, and, you know, um, really, like, have different focuses on my life from where I was at back then, and, 
I mean, even in, in the last couple years, you know, I yeah. a lot has changed. Um, so they've all been like really big recent changes, but like we were talking about, I think being away and having a new perspective on things and then also like just like going through shit and going through life yeah. experiences and growing kind of gives you a whole new view on everything. So yeah. I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't hold any resentments towards you at all. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you Coco for that wonderful spontaneous <laughs> i'm sure we have referenced you on the podcast before actually um, about the <laughs> yeah, about being know, i'm sure being exes who broke up with her on her birthday yeah i'm sure that's been referenced yep, once, that's me guys but hi. hi that that's garrett <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and actually it, it's funny because i do talk to garrett is actually currently living with us and and uh, one of the things is like even though I do a lot of the conversations with people who do stay with us, like me and Donna have long talks about it. And I, I, she was actually the one who mentioned, she's like, why doesn't Garrett move in with us instead of the person that was living that was, with yeah. us? <laughs> yeah. Like it was, uh, I mean, it was I, a whole I am thing. an upgrade from that. So yeah, that was, <laughs> stressful that was so much mess. <laughs> I just hid in my room. I was like, I was like, I could hear it happening from downstairs. I'm like, I'm not going to come out ever. Um, she jumped out of the window. I, I had a, yeah, I had a rope that I would like crawl down, pee outside and then crawl oh back gosh. up into my room. Donna has literally, I, I've said this, I might've said it on the podcast before, but Donna has the most significant relationships in my life have usually been revolving around people and her in general, actually. And actually, and it actually happens oftentimes with people who are attracted to her, which is also really funny. Um, and it is, and it's fine because like, even like my ex-husband uh, thought, like we always talked about the boy name of Donna, you know, this high school hot person, blah, 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 that everybody was attracted to. Like, that's what my ex-husband used to always say. That's who Donna was in high school. And then even now, like, Garrett is one of my best friends, and of course he dated Donna. And then I'm also married to somebody that Donna went on a date with, being Adam. And Autumn, who we talk about, also dated Donna. So, like, most of the most significant relationships in my life have been because Donna's brought these people into my life, and because I like her so much, I tend to just think that these people are good people. I wasn't always right that some of them were trash, but <laughs> but yeah. some of them really did turn into like obviously like I'm married to one of them, like so it's it's really an interesting full circle moment that I think that we're having, which is kind of cool, because um, like we all are different. All three of us are crazy different people from the people we were seven years ago, yeah, something like mm -hmm. that. Seven years ago, I think. Yeah, <laughs> like we're all we're all 20... in the junction. 20 like 15 15 2015 yeah, yeah. god <laughs> yeah jeez that was a because it was a year after i dropped out of college i remember and that, that was 2014 so yeah i remember that um oh also i did want to say this positive point too that isn't necessarily about how donna was in my life with this but when i was going through my divorce, actually, Adam and Garrett were the people that I hung out with a lot outside of Donna to talk about those issues. I remember, I always remember that walk that me and Adam had when we were walking out of Charlie Dwellington's on First in Maine, where I was just like complaining about my whole existence and life and everything <laughs> like that. And you guys were just like listening and taking care of me. And it was just really, it was a really kind moment. And I think that's the moment we actually became best friends 
was that moment. Like, it was really significant to me. And actually, Garrett and I have actually been talking through Snapchat ever since then, like, at least a couple of times a week for seven years. Yeah, um, you call me out on all my bullshit. I do. It's very nice. It, it's Gotta keep me consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and he's adapted into the group really well, and he, all my friends really adore him. So that's kind of like a really cool moment um, that we get to actually... Un- we always say that this podcast is unpack- unpacking trauma left and right, and I feel like that's another thing. Um, to not be too ambiguous, but to also not talk about your business. Like, the reality is, the things that we're talking about in Garrett's life are pretty serious things that have happened to him recently, ever since he's moved here, especially over the last three weeks. And even though it's his responsibility, or his job, or his accountability, if he wants to share those things, the oh, reality is... Yeah, feel free. Oh, okay. I'm perfectly fine with it. Oh, great. So here's the thing, (laughs) listeners. Let's spice it up even more. (laughs) Um, Garrett is now single. He was engaged. Um, He also got a new car accident. Um, Is getting a new car. And then recently lost his wallet. Um, There was something else that happened and that was awful. Uh, Two of my good friends have passed. And my dog had to be put down. And I almost lost my job. Yeah, there's oh, been and, a lot. <laughs> and then he also was going to lose his. I remember, this is. I'm gonna. Li- I'm gonna lighten the mood just real quick. When he was coming to stay with us, I failed to mention because a lot of people who come to stay with me have seen the space before, and so like Garrett was panicking in text messages to me about a bed, <laughs> and I didn't understand why this even mattered. I was like, "We'll just put it in the basement." He's like, "Well, I guess I could stay down there." I was like, "No." I was like, "Like." He's like, "Well, I don't know what to do with it." And blah 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 blah. And then finally, after like all of these aggressive text messages, I was like, "The room has a bed. Did did you not know that?" And then I get like all of these crying emojis and stuff like that because I didn't realize there was already a bed in the room. <laughs> that is correct. I have a lot of stuff that I still don't know what I'm supposed to do with, but. Yay for storage Storage units, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's some pretty affordable ones around here. Luckily, I found one that's not too far away that I was able to unload all of my stuff in. That was another thing that I had to deal with, was moving out of the last apartment um, by myself, because my ex-fiance just decided to leave me high and dry again. And that was great, because I was recovering from a car accident... Like, I totaled my car and was just left there to do it on my own. Loved it. The reason being, because I asked too, I asked, I sent him a message and I said, what was your reason why you couldn't help me out with the rest of this stuff? I had to clean the apartment too, by the way. Um, His response was, oh, I had to go to Ikea and then to dinner with the roommates. Oh, dear. (laughs) I was like, oh, dear. Okay. Okay. Good to know. That's all I said. Good oh, to know. Wow. Good God. So, um, yeah, I started moving out on that Saturday at 10 a.m. and I was not finished until 11:30 that night. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry I couldn't help. I've just been so busy. No, like I, I don't. Like I know that everyone was busy. Like it. I'm friends with so many people that are in the entertainment industry here. Like, they're going to be busy on a Saturday, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not expect anyone to be free to help me. But those that said they would, that aren't in the entertainment industry, that was a little disappointing. Especially the person that made me end the lease at the apartment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did not assist me with getting the stuff organized or out of there. Yeah, that that <laughs> yeah. is really disappointing. I, that is. 
I have to say, like, we actually had our relationship uh, podcast episode, I think it was like three or four ago, and um, when we were talking about, I was interviewing Donna about, like, the positives, because she's currently in a relationship, but, like, the positives and negatives, what have you learned, and that's probably when you got brought up anyway. Um, but <laughs> but here's the thing, though, like, I, I wanted to give you this advice, too, now that we're, like, sober, you're in a safe space. Um, the thing about it is, is you're going to be having all of those moments for a really long time that's going to make you so mad and they don't matter. And what I mean by they don't matter is like you're in a safe space, you're still working, like you're getting your life back on track, but that person had did did something that's kind of immature in my opinion and like and you're going to focus on that because you're focusing on it not because of what he did, you're focusing on it because you're wondering how somebody who said that they loved you agreed to marry you could do something that would hurt you in that way. And that's why it bothers you so much. I agree. And speaking with my mother about this, um, she asked me the other day, she was like, why are you angry? I'm like, well, I think that uh, from a psychological standpoint, it's part of grief. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. I'm mad because it's, I, I feel like I was blindsided completely. Like, just like how you said, we got engaged back in June of last year. So it hasn't even been a year, and for things to have gone south so quickly and so dramatically mm -hmm. to the point that they're at now, I feel like the rug was pulled from beneath my feet, and I had to collect every, had to collect myself afterwards. And every time I make a little progress, there's something else that happens mm -hmm. to me or around me that just is offsetting and like i said i look forward to tomorrow because that's as far as i can see at the moment and i will push myself to get there and once i accomplish one thing a day like if that's all i can do that's all i can do if yeah. i can just get up and go to work and be successful that day that's it well and i i do want to give you some positives you're probably going to be the person that gets me and donna to do the things that we've been dying to do in the city too like like garrett's probably going to snow the product this week and stuff like that and like because mm -hmm. a lot of like autumn is our person who shows us around but she likes doing things in the wilderness and we love that like we love hiking all that other good stuff but we don't have somebody who wants to like learn about things to do in town and go to concerts and stuff like that and we had always talked about wanting to do more of those things because we live in this bigger city now yeah so maybe it'll finally give us an opportunity to do as such having you around because um, we've always been saying that we wanted to do it we just never have I am totally down for that. I moved away from the wilderness and the hiking so I could come to the city and go to concerts. <laughs> like Do city things. Yeah, that was one of the, the perks of moving down here was the fact that there is, doesn't matter what day of the week it is, there is something going on that will be fun and entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I love I, that so I much. I absolutely agree with that. I think that, like, especially with your journey about moving forward, too, I think that this will help you feel more at home and in place. And maybe it's since you love drag so much, I mean, maybe you get involved with those things, like maybe being a door person or a tip tart or something like that, if you like that kind of lifestyle. Or maybe get a job as a bartender or something like that. I would maybe love to be a bartender. That would be fun. I mean, that would be fun. the owner of the Eagle is opening a new establishment that we all know about. I don't know if they've hired bartenders yet, but that might be a way to get started. I would love to get out of my government job. <laughs> I would love to have a little more freedom to my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Donna, when you were on your journey of learning yourself, yeah. what were some of the tools that you used to help yourself get there? Um, a lot of isolation. 
(laughs) (laughs) I know that that sounds like depressing and stuff, but, um, I think, I think that any sort of big transformation is kind of lonely because, um, you can't expect everyone in your life that you were doing all these things with to suddenly adhere to your new norm, to your new paradigm. And so I spent a lot of time just kind of alone in my room thinking about things or, um, you know, I, I meditated a bit, um, when I could, you know, kind of quiet my mind down and, um, really like focus on things. I, I journaled, I, you know, I think existing is extremely hard for anyone right now in the society that we're in. (laughs) But, um, I started letting go of things that no longer serve me. And, um, even as like a way of, of living and everything, like, uh, for instance, yeah. So I haven't told anyone at the table this yet, but I, I left my shitty job did you? This week. Yeah. Me and like two other people did. Oh gosh. Um, because a tragedy happened at our warehouse. Can you speak about what happened or? Um, I guess I've never really brought up like the company on here, so I can't, um, I can kind of allude to what yeah, happened. Yeah, you just never said where you've worked. I've never said where I've worked. Uh, yeah. So basically with the increase in cases, um, my job wasn't really being super safe and taking extra precautions. And so someone who was very young passed away. um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. From COVID. Oh, so, um, did you know this person? Well, I mean, we worked together over the last year in very close quarters. So, I mean, Oh my God. That, um, it kind of shocked a lot of us, and um, we were kind of lied to about it. Oof. Um, oh, that's rough. And things had, like, they had known about it and not told us ah. until after the um, the death. And so that was kind of, like, the final straw for a lot of us. We had already been really unhappy, and we're just, like, really not having a good time there because we were paid very poorly, um, the CEO is not someone who, um, is very respectful of workers who are like in the production on his, um, on his wholesale facility. So in the production team. So it, uh, finally came down to it. And I, I realized that I could with, you know, my part-time job, I could put more hours into that. And I was already missing so much work because I was just calling out from being really depressed from, the job that I was doing. I had noticed that you were at home a lot more frequently. I was missing a lot of work, so I was, I figured I was like, listen, I can make just as much money with my part-time job mm-hmm. as what I'm doing currently with my other job, and I'm feeling absolutely miserable. So right now, I'm like, right now, I'm kind of coming out of like a depressive episode because a job that really like made me question my worth. Like it really like, there was a bunch of things that happened in that job that just made me feel like I wasn't really a, um, I don't know, like I, like I'm not a smart person or like I'm not like a, um, 
someone who deserves good things because of how little I was, tr- how, how little worth I felt while I was there and how awful I was treated. So, um, it really like, it kind of fucked with my psyche for a little bit. And I feel like I'm just like coming out of some like hardcore burnout, um, along with the other people that I worked with that left as well. Um, but yeah, I, I wow. feel a lot happier. I have four interviews this week. <laughs> so I mean, good. I, you know, um, but I'm still, you know, I'm still making the same amount that I was making working part-time as I was at my job, just like calling out constantly throughout the week and wow. being, still being able to make rent. So I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force myself to be unhappy in a position that is like making me question my self-worth. Like, why would I stick around here? I wouldn't want that for anyone else. No. Why would I want that for myself? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's ugh, that I'm just, awful. all of that sounds horrible. Oh. Like all of that. And just, ugh, I feel so gross. That's the thing too, about this industry is like, in theory, the cannabis industry seems like it's really great and it would be so much fun to work in. Yeah. It always um, sounds like it's like, people are like, oh yeah, you get like, there's a lot of exploitation. And... A lot of exploitation that happens mm. in it. They think because you're you're cool and you're hip and you're working in the industry, like we can get away with treating you like shit and not giving you health insurance and oh, you know oh, not giving gross. you because and, you get a couple of blunts every once. Yeah, because you get a couple of blunts, we can force you to not work today because we oh sorry we can't pay you. So you know you get you get a Christmas vacation, which is forced unpaid time off. You know yikes. Um, so, or no, no hazard pay for COVID if you were to get test positive, you know, it's like... You guys didn't have a hazard pay no, system? Oh my no, God. No, That's you could, you had PTO awful. if you could, but you had, you would have to use your PTO for, and nice. it wasn't just like sick days, like PTO was all just one thing. Um, so if you wanted to use it for vacation or whatever, yeah. But if you got sick, you would also have to use your PTO if you got sick. Oh so God. a lot of times people couldn't use PTO just for the hell of it. That, that sounds is like a garbage so, place to work. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you were not there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I I am too. I mean, and the thing is, I actually wanted to bring up this point too about Garrett um, and you, like, and because same with me. The thing is, like, I know that all three of us, because we're not necessarily from here, because a lot of people in Portland will quit a job when they're starting to feel the weight that Donna does, but they'll quit a job when they have nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Garrett was getting fed up with his job, but he stayed because he needed money. Donna was getting fed up, but if she only had that job, she would have stayed there until she found something else. I noticed yeah. in Portland, people will sometimes put themselves in a worse situation for the positivity of their mental health, and I don't know which way is better, per se, but yeah. I always feel like when I can't pay my bills, that I get more depressed that way. Yeah, for me, yeah. that's more detrimental. For me, it, it does. my mental health. And I know that's a capitalistic society, but it's at the same time, it detri- it, it hits my mental health in a bad way. I, I think you for sure table. need to have safeguards in place. You know, um, for me also, like, I am immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was a big question of my own health and safety being mm-hmm. in that facility, you know. And granted, I am boosted, but these new variants are getting through boosters mm-hmm. so yeah um a lot it seems like every time i blink one of my friends has covid and i think most of my friends are boosted and yeah they all keep getting it and and that's it's scary it's scary especially if you're immunocompromised one well, and especially especially in an, an environment like that where you can't even be safe at work yeah somewhere that you should be able to trust that they would take care of you enough to just make sure that you're healthy so you can continue working first of all yeah that you you would think that that would be something that they would worry about selfishly 
like I need my employees to be healthy so they yeah. can keep coming to work so we can keep being productive. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, that speaks that speaks a lot it, on it, it does them yeah. not caring about anything. That is gosh, that I'm sorry. That's yeah. terrible. Garbage. Yeah. Had a lot of death Garbage. talk this episode. It's been yeah, no, we have. It's but yeah, things have been incredibly heavy because of that. But I found you know, like, I, I was seeing how awful, like, my mental health was suffering, and I would feel guilty for calling out, even though I wasn't, you know, like, feeling good, and this new facility was, like, quite literally making me sick. I found out I had cysts in my sinuses after I started working there. Oh, um, I had to get, like, a whole MRI done, and I was feeling, like, my Jeez. symptoms of, you know, being someone who's chronically ill. I was just, like, feeling awful. So, um... Another oh, safeguard. Right. You thought you had you thought you had after effects from when you had COVID. Actually. Yeah, and I think I still kind of did. Um, I mean, with my condition right now, I already experienced fatigue. Mm-hmm. So, like after effects from COVID, along with the fatigue that I already experienced, like it was extremely heavy, and it was just hard to even get up in the mornings. Yeah. Um, so, another thing too that I kind of like had in the back of my mind is like, if all else fails, I can just get unemployment because this was due to my health that I had to oh, fair. leave yeah. this position. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, that, um, well, I hope that your interviews go well. Hopefully I do time we record next time that you're, you're like, Oh yeah, I got a couple of offers in and I know that you're still trying to go to school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I put a pause definitely on the, um, <laughs> on the, uh, thing? on the UX design course. Yeah. Just because it's too much right now. Well, with the, yeah, you could have you told me that, but <laughs> <laughs> I did, and she was adamantly not listening to me. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm still going to do it because it'll give me a career in six months. No, like I need to put a pause on it because I'm in school. Plus that, plus now looking for a new job. But I'm happy well, with the part time job that I still have had since I I got that job when I first moved here. So. Right. And so, and the and the newness is still like being in the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Yeah. And so, and I actually have to admit that, like, that's why in July I probably am. I've been thinking about it all day today about taking a drag break in July, because um, I know I'm going to be dead by the time till June is over. And I'm so excited and happy about my June schedule, but I also got sick mm-hmm. the last time I tried to do drag at this level um, because I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, and I do have a full-time job that is now more mentally and physically demanding than any other job I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and so doing all of that, I'm just interested to see how and who I am going to be at the end of it. It's going to be a true testament to who I want to be. Um, and also like, I, I think it's time to get it out of my system now because I do want to start looking at children, you know, in some capacity. I don't like know what that means, but like, and that's probably not for this episode, but to, I couldn't do i have 35 gigs in june and a full-time job and like you have more gigs than there are days in the month yes <laughs> that's insane no that is freaking insane how many are in the same day uh many because i have monday and tuesday off every week oh my god so um on june 1st alone that wednesday uh there's four gigs on that day oh my god oh my gosh i'm like i'm stressing about out about the two gigs i have (laughs) currently uh yeah i actually have like my amazon order my amazon inbox is full right now with gigs and uh for things that i need for all these gigs and and i also just want to have a happy pride i i want i like being involved i like being busy during pride i like to be out there and 
you know, and like the money is right this year and the money is right for my career. And I literally have people in my inbox in a way that I've always wanted to. It's like a dream come true almost. Yeah. I haven't been this excited about something drag related since the cruise, honestly. Like, I think it's so cool about some of these, like these, I'm in three different pride celebrations. Like four, if you count, um, like the Katya gigs with uh, Willow Pill um, coming out. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. That is really cool. And getting to be a part of that just is really exciting to me. Yeah. Um, So this is kind of the end of our episode, listeners. And I do want to go something really negative and then something really positive. Is we did check during our break and with the Texas shooting, the death toll actually, because we said 14, it's actually at 21 currently and which is just as heartbreaking the majority being children which i found out Mm -hmm. and um seriously just since it seems like these things are happening we actually did there was a statistic that was pulled that there has been more mass shootings than uh there are days in the year or something more than there are days in this current year yeah there's been more shootings this year than there have been days yeah wow more shootings than there has been days and um so be safe out there but what i mean by be safe too is just make sure that when you're in that argument um or you snap or you are unkind or you say something you don't mean maybe before the person leaves the room um you mend that yeah um i have a donna knows this i have a huge case of feeling like the good things are going to be taken away from me in a heartbeat and so one thing that I consistently try to do is that if I have negative moments, I try to remedy them as quickly as possible because I don't want my last moments with someone to ever be the fact that we were in a small tiff over something that would never matter more than their life. Yeah. I agree. I agree too. Mm-hmm. I saw this clip on TikTok today of this guy who had gotten hit by a woman who was driving a car and he was on a motorcycle and he like walked up to her and he's like, it's okay. This happens to everyone. And was like, just trying to calm her down because she was freaking out so bad about the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if we could have more situations like that, where people aren't like jumping down other people's throat, then we could really like make things better for people just in little ways. Even today, like I ordered groceries and my groceries showed up an hour later than the time frame that I had asked for them. And I was like on the chat with the customer service person. And it's like, you know what? I could lay into them and be like, I feel like I'm owed something from this. But instead I was like, it's okay. It wasn't time sensitive. It was groceries. They can wait. So like mm-hmm. just having a little bit of mindfulness to like think about those things and not like lead with your ego is I think a really good way to react to things during these times. Yeah, and then also being honest, at the end of work today, because remember, I'm a new manager at this job, and I had somebody write me after five being like, hey, like, you still haven't gotten back to this thing that I needed, and I said, I'm just going to be honest, and they said, they said the last manager's name, and they said, he would have done this for me by now, like, he would have just fixed it, and maybe I'm, he even said, maybe I'm spoiled, and the fact that he would fix this in a heartbeat, and Mm -hmm. I literally just said, I'm sorry, like, I, I'm new, I don't know how to do this, Yeah. Um, the thing that you're asking, I was like, even though, I was like, I will learn it, I'll figure it out, and it'll come in time, but I'm, this is like my third week on the job. Give me some grace, like, like just a little bit, you know? Yeah, and I was honest, I was like, I don't know everything, I was like, I'm happy and I'm proud of this job that I have, I've worked really hard in my life, in my boy life, to get here, and so I just wanted grace. Yeah. Just a little bit of grace. 
And to finish out Garrett's story, um, <laughs> how have you been keeping your head up for the kids? Listen to it with that. Um, surrounding myself with people that love me, like you guys, like being able to be in environments and around groups of people that genuinely just care for me they don't expect things from me they don't um there's no reservations like it, i just i get to be me as much as i want to be in be happy so choosing the the right people to be around and the right places to be has done wonders for me recently That's and amazing. i have you guys to thank for that for sure for being so willing to bring in my wayward ass right now <laughs> the house of wayward gays we're all a little wayward <laughs> you know wayward. <laughs> we're all we're all going through something and i'm happy that you're here and we can be here to like help and support you during everything yeah so. in some capacity yeah y'all are incredible thanks friend so are you. <laughs> you are too. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of our episode, listeners. Remember, on June 2nd, um, we are going to have our Gem of a Secret podcast live where you get to meet me and Donna. And, of course, flawless.shade on Instagram. Yeah. At the Queen's Head. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And it was so cool last month. We're so excited to meet each other. We had a really good time. And remember, it is a sober event um, beforehand and through the filming of the podcast. So for all of our sober friends who want to be out in a queer space um, at the night in the nighttime, like, come out to that and, like, you know, hang out with us and yeah. drink some ginger ale. Yeah. And get some delicious food at the Queen's Head. Exactly. It starts at 6 o'clock p.m. Do it. Do it. And then also, watch me and Donna on the Milwaukee main Pride stage doing the things that we do. Yeah. I get to perform again. I love performing. It's fun. And I'm like falling in love with it now as like a new sober person. Yeah. So I guess that's it, everybody. Yeah. We love you so much. Bye. Bye. Say bye, Garrett. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) This has been another episode of a Gem of a Secret podcast. The hosts of a Gem of a Secret podcast are Donna and Coco Gem Holiday. You can follow Donna at Donatella underscore my secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at Touche Likes Beef and Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more content, follow them online at www.agemofasecretpodcast.com. That is www.agemofasecretpodcast.com.